Welcome to a very special episode of More Than Dice. I'm Gonzo. There's a Terrence up there that should Terrence, be saying. Number two. Hey, I didn't know it was a Terrence, you're next daughter. in the shoot, man. Come on. Look, God, okay, it's always Terrence. This is, this is Terrence from the Minority Report, the one you all love and, and, and cherish. <laughs> and I'm Erica from Delaware War Machine, tried and true. Same, but I'm Andy. Hey, I'm Isaiah, also known as Zeke, from Minority Report. So, um, just so everybody know, we got together at Adepticon, and we were like, hey, let's do like an all-together uh, podcast, you know, rehash of Adepticon, and have Ooh. everything going on, because uh, it was actually the first time that all of us have been together in person, sort of, kind of. We did it at Warfare Weekend last year, but this is like a, one at a very big con. Um, so, let's talk yeah, about Adepticon. Gonzo, you insert we are family right here. In this, oh, we in are this. family. We love each other. Throw you out. Yeah, it was nice too because it was the first convention we went to where like none of us were running anything, so we just got to play together. Yes, yeah. very yeah, much. Yeah, that's also true too. So we all went to Adepticon. Um, besides, we're going to talk about besides what we did. War Machine, Privateer Press related. Zeke, what did you do or anything? Did you like spend a ton of money like usual? I mean, who doesn't? Like, it's Adepticon. I mean, there's, you know, there's models to paint, paint to buy, terrain to buy, more models to buy, more models to buy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, ultimately, my my initial goal when going to Adepticon is usually three things. Play games, uh, paint classes, and then do a lot of shopping. Um, well, because of the horridness of, horribleness of the... Uh, website this year and me trying to sign up and crashing i mean 24 times i couldn't sign up for any classes initially um but i was able to get into one class on thursday through the uh, sorry friday on the through the wait list but um outside of that i bought a lot of terrain um a lot of the warsenal and micro uh micro studios painted uh mdf terrain um because those that terrain is extra pretty for infinity and everything else um picked up some more 3d foam found some cheap 3d houses for war machine um also found another scatter terrain that we can utilize because bringing 3d back is where it should be at and um outside of that went around found some cool models bought models bought a lot of chibi models because i'm a horrible chibi addict um (laughs) yeah that was that uh, besides playing games i also uh and i know that erica took a bunch of pictures because uh, the infinity tables, I did not buy any infinity terrain, but I bought a ton of infinity models. Cause I'm getting back into infinity, and I bought the new judgment stuff. Um, and I don't know if you did not go and look at the infinity tables, you were missing out on some of the coolest um, tables I have ever seen. Seen, especially the ones that lit up. And uh, spoiler for everybody going to Warfare Weekend, Infinity is coming to Warfare Weekend with a lot of those tables because that crew Woo-hoo. is going to be running most of the stuff there. Love so, the That's awesome. Yeah. So Erica and Andy, what did y'all do besides War Machine Hordes? We uh, visited the Brooke. Was it Broken Egg? Uh, no, yeah, it was. Uh, who, who, who were we ninjing from? Who were we what? We ninjed a bunch of tokens. Uh, we went to, you mean Broken not the dealer's room? Broken Egg, yeah, and <laughs> Tabletop Armory. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. We ninja a bunch of tokens for the people back home. We, yeah, from Broken Egg, from Adam. Yeah, We yeah. bought them. Like, ninja, we bought them. All right, she doesn't understand what I ninja understand, means. I don't understand, just, yeah. I don't. <laughs> 
So okay, Ninja so is the act of people give you money to so buy them stuff because they can't be bought there. them for them. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's what ninjaing means. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm old, so I don't. <laughs> well, well, don't worry. Look, look, we'll get you with the, the young people and go. Okay, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll get ninjaing. Yeah, so um, it was our first Adepticon, actually. Um, so I had some friends back home. Shout out to Joe Jess, who I'm referring to as the mayor because that guy knows everybody at Adepticon. Um, it was our first time there. We heard nothing but positive things, so we were super excited. It was really well run. Um, amazing tables, people everywhere, things everywhere, things to do. I think we're definitely going to add it on our um, circuit of conventions to go to every year. You made it a, bo- a point to buy an Adepticon shirt on the first day oh, and the last day. Yeah, I kept buying shirts. Because you forgot you bought the first one. Look, my brain was <laughs> bad by the third day. I was so tired and hungover. It was just like... <laughs> now, I bought a lot of first, same shirt. For your, for your first Adepticon, did you guys check out the um, the glasses where they had all the painted models? like mm-hmm. for Golden Demon. Okay, cool. That's the that's the big thing because the Golden Dean number was really good. Yeah, stuff. Um, the thing I was most impressed with, I guess, because they do that armies on parade, so I haven't seen armies displayed on full like full on dioramas where they lit up. There was like smoke effects, water effects. Yep. I mean, people like they're very in tune with their craft, and they're very you could see the love and passion yeah. that they have for this hobby. Yeah, I was really impressed with a lot of the Marvel Crisis Protocol models. A lot of kit bashing there. Yeah. They would like wire their um like their sentinels and Iron Man or Iron Man and they would light up. It was pretty. It was pretty cool. Terrence, what about you? And uh, so Zeke, um, no, I love you, Terrence. <laughs> Man, I'm the best one. Just it's, oh, sorry, Dame is the best one. I'm number two. Okay. <laughs> Look, these people are not high now. They know who's number one. So what did so, you do? So um. I've been to DevCon several times, so I mean, as far as the convention, I spent a lot of money. Um, I spent probably more than most. Um, so well, every time I go to DevCon, my wife goes with me. So, and she hates gaming. So while I am in the gaming convention, she's out in Chicago spending money, <laughs> just shopping. So, so what you're saying is you're leaking from both ends. Correct. So I go <laughs> like. Every year I had to call my bank, credit card companies, let them know what we're doing. Because, like, <laughs> that first year, like, I was spending money at the convention. So this looks like my car is bouncing from Seattle to Phoenix to this place to that place. And then she's out here in Chicago just swiping like crazy. So. Yeah, my credit gotta... card shot me off twice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I... Always call before you go to Adepticon because if you go to a vendor booth, it could be. Oh, this is from uh, Spain, and this one's from Detroit, and this one's from Seattle. So, yeah, number one hint, make sure you call your bank and say, hey, I'm going to be bouncing around the world this weekend. Yeah. So I did that, and then um, they didn't this bought tokens, uh, bought some uh, airbrush stuff. Mm, oh, and I bought my Twitter that I get every year. I didn't get the VIG either. I was I was on the impression that they had went to the busted system of you know, it ain't it's the lottery thing. If I'd have known it was first come, first serve, that's when I used to get it all the time. Cause I'd have I'd have been sitting at my desk all day just refresh, refresh. And I'd have, shoot, I'd have upgraded my internet just to make sure I got the badge. <laughs> even even with my upgraded internet, it kept the website crashed twenty three times. 
Uh, I crashed probably 15 times, but still got a VIG. And that VIG, uh, I know I'd posted it. Um, by the time it was done and I calculated everything, it was almost $700 worth of stuff once it was said uh, and done. So we were talking with Joe because uh, Joe got the VIG as well. If anyone, like, worst for any shipping companies like FedEx or whatever. You guys would make a killing if you guys had a booth set up at this convention center <laughs> yes. just to like mail stuff back home. Um, Cause it yeah. was, it was an impressive uh, lot y'all got. So, Oh yeah. I've already given away over half of it. Some of it's going for price support for somewhere else. <laughs> I've already had my bosses like, I want the Dunarakis thing. And I'm like, okay, fine. You can have it. Well, Joe gave us a battle engine. So we have that for prize support for our community. Yeah, how many siege crawlers do we have now? Four. <laughs> <laughs> we have a hey, lot of I got another one. That's going to Warfare points. Weekend. <laughs> 15 points. Just saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're, they're good. We're going we're gonna to be using them as prize support. So let's go ahead and get to... Uh, actual you know war machine related stuff um so the signups the narrative events were sold out with wait lists uh now the narrative events were only 10 players but they were sold out and did have a wait list um the qualifier the atc the team tournaments they didn't sell out as big as we thought they were going to do uh anybody want to talk about that well so i think the biggest thing is that the the Mark IV launch, um, a lot of people are kind of questioning Mark IV, at least in its first year. Mm -hmm. um, one, because of a lot of the legacy stuff is being drawn out release-wise. Um, a lot of people were under the impression that um, pretty much all of the, Mark, the, all of the pre-Mark IV stuff would have rules at the beginning of Mark IV. So stuff they can roll with and utilize while the new stuff starts to slowly roll out. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So for a lot of people... Things that they want to play aren't available yet, for one. And for two, people are still unsure on the stability of Mark IV with, you know, the new movement rules and how things are going right now. So I think this first year may feel a little iffy on attendance. But I think once that first year, and you know, PP starts hitting their release mark with everything, I think we'll see numbers increase oh, really I quick. I agree with you. I think, I mean, it's that testing period and it's that change and not having you know complete solid change every second of every minute um and of course new models and everything coming out so yeah i agree with you on that one and yeah the game itself really needs to fill itself out like mark three to mark four like if you were just talking about like new armies yeah they're, 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 we have half of three armies so it's like the the game's still in its infancy right now mm -hmm. um which Going with that to let you know that I've had more and more people uh, ask for qualifiers for the Iron Gauntlet, so it's picking up. Um, sorry, good. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Erica, but what were you going to say? No, no, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, um, so with looking at Adepticon where you're saying the narrative events sold out and there was a wait list and we didn't fill out on like the competitive stuff, so we're kind of seeing something like that similar here in Delaware with returning and new players coming back to the game. Um, so that seems to kind of be the uh, driver right now in the community because a lot of your traveling hyper competitive players, um, you know, are, are taking the year off to kind of let things settle in and, um, you know, coming off of a heavy Mark three year, uh, Mark, yeah, Mark three year last year. Um, I think a lot of those players are, are just taking, taking some time off, um, but yeah, hitting on the, uh, the newer guys coming back, people that, um, are new to the game, I think that should 
maybe be more of a, a focus in this first year for some of these bigger uh, conventions to draw more of a crowd. Yeah, um, I will make one state, though. It, for a lot of my returning players, the game feels, for those who played it this long, feels like the early the good old days of Mark One, where you we had these narrative scenarios that popped up in the No Quarter all the time. Mm-hmm. You played thematic armies to fit this narrative theme with these cool backgrounds and everything else. And that's kind of like, again... Um, it was super flavorful. It may not have been the most balanced thing out there because, you know, Mark 1 had a lot of really powerful things, but it was fun. But it was fun and engaging. And, you know, it was like people were attracted to these models. Like, we're getting lower again. Like, I mean, times people love talking about the lore alongside their models and building lists to fill their lore um, and stuff like that all the time. So it's feeling like those old days of people just played the game for what was cool and what was awesome, not for the competitive stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's a, it's a bit of an upgrade on that, too, because all that stuff isn't scattered to the winds. It's all in one spot. And where the app wasn't rolled out perfectly, it's constantly improving. And I've been really impressed with the rate that they're improving the app and filling it out and getting more lore and scenarios and everything in there. Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, there's been so much lore pumped out. I mean, it's coming like every week. Um, these narrative scenarios are coming out. Uh, I want to thank out to uh, Jonathan that has been working on those. Uh, and getting those out to us. Um, so, I mean, it's been a lot of fun. I, I know a lot of people that were playing the narrative um, that were like, no, I don't want to play you know, competitive. I just want to play the fun stuff. I put quotes around that, the fun stuff, because I didn't have to worry about concentrating on making sure you know precise and everything, so on and so forth. So I think they a lot of people were into that. Yeah, and I think one of the things is, like, this availability, like Isaiah was saying earlier, right? If you weren't at Warfare Weekend and you didn't get a battle box and you just bought one army starter, it's not 75 points unless you gear your jacks to the T, right? So to have a competitive tournament where it's 75 points and you did about one army starter, you like really pigeonhole to what you can play. You got one caster because you didn't get the battle box and like this availability and stuff like Horosh is, uh, his alternate scope was there, mm-hmm. but that means that a Deprecon, you got to buy it, assemble it, and paint it because you can't play unpainted at a Deprecon. Correct. So it creates this whole other different barrier entry at, at, at the Deprecon simply because of the painting requirement and availability of models. So, and it's not like it's back in the old days where you can, you can count on Pirate Press to have like whatever that following months releases were at the preview at the con that would happen right before like if we knew that uh something was coming out in december or january we knew at warfare weekend it was going to be in the priority press booth yeah so you knew to have your money and so like with that with them more focusing on getting models and stuff out to distributors so you don't have that hey i can go buy this at the con paint it because we've all done it, right? We've oh, yeah. all done that thing where, like, it works. Like, you run to the, the booth the first thing, and you're like, okay, I need to buy this. Then you run somewhere, and you get all your friends to help you assemble this, paint it, so you can put it onto the table. Yeah, I we had a wait. bunch of people uh, begging us to be to check and see if there was those Gen Con-style battle boxes for yeah. any of the new armies coming out or anything for Dusk or any of the, anything early that we could snag for them. But there really wasn't um, any early releases. There was nothing. No. So, so funny story. Well, I remember that one year um, of 
we had someone buy Denny three when she came out at Adepticon. Um, Tom Wan. Tom Wan bought Denny three and had one of our guys who was rooming with us, Tate, literally build and paint her that night so he could play her that morning in hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. And he got it done. It was pretty nice too. Oh like, yeah. He got it done. <laughs> yeah, I think also that uh, you know, Privateer Press is trying to make sure that game stores and distributors have the product the major big products, big boxes in the hands of local game stores and distributors before they put it in a convention. That way, you know, you don't feel like you're ripping off game stores type stuff that, you know, they're losing money. Um, also, one of the things that came up was the cost of Adepticon. Now, Adepticon, you know, you're paying $75 for a badge and then you're paying the entry to the tournament and one tournament could be $20. And that's you only get to play in that one tournament and that's it. Because they charge per game, where you know that's kind of the standard of most conventions is charging per game. Plus, you have to also think of your flight or your driving, your hotel, because hotels are not cheap during this um, type thing. So, I mean, it's a it's a big financial you know commitment to go to any convention and pay that. Yeah, we we looked at the hotels that were close by, and we were like, we're gonna stay a couple miles away, save a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also on the note, like. The cool part about Adepticon compared to some other ones is that, because um, I know I bought my badge for the weekend, a generic badge was like fifty bucks. Mm-hmm. But like with that basic badge, you can still enjoy practically everything at Adepticon still. Yes. Like you can still check out all of all of the cool models. You can get into the vendor hall and everything else. Um, like yeah, you may not be playing any games, but I mean like hell, like just being able to view the games, you can still do demos. Um, people showing off the cool stuff, seeing um. The uh, showcases from Infinity, you know, what they got coming up next, GW's big thing that they had. So, like, for compared to most cons, like, that in, that basic badge without any anything else still gets you access to so many things at Adepticon that it's, uh, for that 50 bucks, it's, it's well worth it compared yeah. to most other cons. I mean, yeah. you, paying for individual games and doing other things, I mean, like the premium was... What seventy five plus? I can't remember. And yep. then the VIG was like one hundred and twenty five. Yep. Um, so I mean, if you didn't want swag or you couldn't get the swag, that was fine. But uh, like I said, pay, paying for each individual game. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. So for some people, it's. I mean, we're still not in a great financial situation, you know, in the oh, world. Yeah. <laughs> so any any cost has to be looked at completely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, go ahead, Terrence. I, I think. You know, the crazy thing about it is, regardless of how much they end up charging, I think, to some extent, people are going to always find their way to get there. Adepticon, if when it comes to tabletop miniature games, Adepticon is the place to go. Um, you see some of the coolest stuff there, like people's in costume and cosplaying. You see, like Isaiah saying, like, Edie, if there is a miniature game that you want to test or try or see it played... It is at Adepticon. Um, like, you see, like, it may be one table in a corner somewhere where they're playing this game that's dead. There's, like, no more models. But these people at Adepticon are still playing it. Yep. Oh, yeah, I saw old school 40K. I mean, like, old school 40K. Like, 7th, 8th edition, like, still being played at, a, at Adepticon. I was like, okay. Like, that's that's still being alive, and people are still enjoying it. And there was there was a good, good amount of people, still, like, 30-some people still playing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that wasn't even going over what was the Hilton, which was all where the all the historical games historical, were being played. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, I didn't even go over there. I mean, I'm not into historical <laughs> games, but you know, there there's a huge amount of stuff going on. So let's talk about tournaments. I personally did not do any tournaments this year uh, for War Machine. Uh, I did do a tournament for BattleTech, which uh, was a ton of fun, by the way. Uh, great community. If you're into BattleTech, uh, look up the Wolfnet Radio guys. They were very welcoming, very uh, friendly people, FYI. Um, but I didn't do any competitive tournaments. Um, what did y'all do? I did ATC tournaments. <laughs> yeah, ATC. Hey, final table. I don't care what people say or how many teams there was. <laughs> we made it to the final table. Okay. Game charge <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, we didn't do any of the singles tournament. Um, uh, Andy and I played at ATC, of course, with uh, Rick. Shout out. Um, he was our fifth, and then uh, it was a joint podcast with Minority Report and, and Tried and True. Uh, and then we did the two v twos, which was two fifty point lists, so one hundred points altogether. That was a lot of fun. Um, we played against these two guys that were dressed up like pirates, who were oh, doing man. shots of rum throughout like their whole game, and they they're like the every event. <laughs> oh okay. yeah so that's what they said they like they this is the one event they look forward to every year um it was like bart and damiano which and like is 12 artillery crews. crews yeah it was just like all weapon crews. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are great like they stick the theme and it's just the greatest part and then like um i remember one year like we just we drunk with them like every time like a big thing happened we all just took shots it was great yeah those guys uh, i don't i forget what their names were but uh they're awesome so if you guys are listening uh you guys were a highlight uh, for for the weekend for me, so thank you. Uh, yeah, we're definitely going to try to do something local with a two v two idea. We got to figure it out whether we want to do a steamroll or a, or a narrative style event. Yeah. Yep. Well, I did. I participated in Thursday's IG and Friday's IG and the ATC, of course. And, and how'd you do? Uh, two and one on both days. Uh, the uh, I had a great game. I mean, I had a lot of fun playing. Uh, it's probably I went there as the most relaxed I've been in probably a year at playing a game, and I just went tried to have some fun. And uh, but overall, it was great. The only thing I to want everybody of is this, and this is this is a lesson I learned while I was at Adepticon. That is this. Fourth edition is new rules for everybody. So yep, we so take the time. If you need to ask your opponent, hey, what's that? Did they you sure? You sure? All right. This Yeah. Many rules have changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it happened to me in twice in one game. I mean, I messed it up too. Like in one game, I I knew you could only cast two uh command cards a turn. But I was unaware of the you cannot affect more than one model slash unit with a command card a turn. So, oh, I didn't know that one either. You can't use two <laughs> command cards yeah. in a single model. Yes, yes. Uh, Tim cheated last night. Damn. You still beat Andy. Oh yeah. So, so I ended up. I ended up like granted it never. I didn't win off of it. We caught it before he got too far. I think, but like I ended up. I popped Horace's feet. I hit my rears with repo and tough. They're like, nope, can't do that. I'm like, oh, okay. But yeah, with with a couple models, I had went on and I was like, okay, we gotta grind, rewind, 
and fix it, right? And redo some stuff, but like, yeah. Make sure you double check it. And uh, my shout out goes to Travis. I called the judge on everything. If I was thinking <laughs> maybe wrong, I was like, judge. <laughs> and it was, uh, we had, and I don't know what was going on. I think it's solely because he painted them all. There was towers everywhere. Towers all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I think me and Nate called Travis over for just the guard tower, probably like eight times in our game. Just yeah. eight different interactions every single time. You know what's interesting about about the guard towers is um, while it was go while the IGs were going on, the qualifiers and the final, I was grabbing a hold of a lot of the you know tournament players that are always going everywhere and started asking questions as like you know what do you think how are you doing you know what you know what do you think about the new terrain and they were like i like the new terrain i like defenses a lot of the major tournament players were very happy to see interactive terrain features besides hey it's there just to block line of sight so they were like i like the guard tower i like defenses i like things that i can interact with on the board it just needs to be tweaked and you know finalized type thing, you know, and just make it where it's a whole lot easier to figure out, which I thought was good because uh, I, I want cool things on the board also is what I'm playing. Yeah, as yeah. a TO, I'm still nervous about allowing my players to, especially the more competitive ones, to place a bunch of stuff on the table. I, 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 I completely scary. agree with you. Uh, it's like, scary. I think I the TO's job is to set the terrain. Agreed. There's towers, everything. Like, I know the packet allows for people to set their own terrain, but in a game where we where we're trying to bring in new blood, you cannot let competitive people set terrain. Oh, I they will create a scenario that a new player will sit there and be like, "What the hell is happening?" I just got shot off the table. Never made it into the game at all. Oh, I think as a TO, you you set up the tables, you set the terrain, you set the towers, you set everything else up, and it's static for the entire time. And yeah. then, of course, the the changing and the things that are going to make it different is the defense features. Defenses are going to change up everything. Because uh, Andy, you had an interesting thing about um, the spike pit. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I didn't realize this until last night, but it's just rough terrain. So And it doesn't affect your own models. So you can just stand on it with a large base model and force one-inch reach units to have to just take that power 10 in order to interact with you at all. It's a little mean, actually. <laughs> um, actually, if, if I could just make a quick comment, too, on the fences. So I was, I was one of those people, right, where, like, I was really on the fence and I wasn't feeling defenses. Like, I was memeing on them pretty hard. Um, so the night before the ATC, I didn't sleep very well. I don't know if I was like, just because of all the energy from the convention. I don't know if I was nervous. So I had like this like fever dream list where I was like, screw it. I, we, and between Rick, Andy and I, we won defenses for participating in the narrative event the day before. So I was like, Hey guys, can I borrow your defenses? And my first game was into Orgoth and I had never played against Orgoth before. And I'll be honest, having access to, and I used the walls, I just threw three walls down, made it so uh, my opponent couldn't pull any of my pieces because they couldn't pull me through that feature. So it, um, yeah, look, I like defenses now. Like, <laughs> I'm all about it. Now remember, <laughs> it won me the game. Remember, it's not a wall, it's a barrier. 
They changed it not to be in a wall. It does not have the word wall in it, and it's not a wall. It is just a barrier. It still has the word obstacle in it, so you yes, can't get you pulled can't through. Get, yeah, there yeah. you go. That's but, that's, yeah. but, you, but you're correct that it's smaller than it's thinner than a wall. Yes, yes it yeah. is not. Uh, what three fourths of an inch? It's like maybe half an inch, roughly. Yeah, like a half an inch. Yeah. We measured. So we brought our defenses to open play last night, and we have a, like an engineer that's like in the store that had. Um, you probably know the name of the tool. Like he's like really measured. Like oh Microbiter. yeah, that's the exact. Yep. That's it. That's the guy. <laughs> <Microbiter>. <laughs> yep. It has one on hand. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on before we get away from guard towers. So uh, for me, like I TO a lot of events and steamrollers back home. And one of the discussions that comes up quite frequently in the TO community is, so we have the guard towers. We have three of them. So we definitely want to um, implement them in our games. Mm-hmm. So do we put those in zones? Do we keep them out of zones? So it's interesting to see PP set up the um, IG steamroller scenarios with both towers in and outside the zone. So we really got to see that in motion throughout the whole weekend. It was very informative. Yeah, as they were ruled at Adepticon, um, I probably wouldn't put them in zones for now. Just because if you don't have the tools to interact with the models inside them, it's just really... Uh, it's not a good play experience. Yeah, because the models, if you have a tower in a zone and models are occupying it, it's considered contesting. Mm-hmm. So we saw games where like a standard bear would just run in there. Okay, well now that standard bear has 40 boxes and 20 armor. Um, but yeah, I think keeping them outside of the zones is the other, probably what we're going Yeah, the other fun thing is if you do the trigonometry and you're within four inches of, your base is within four inches of a flag diagonally, it was ruled at Adepticon that you're contesting that flag as well. So you can just have a guard tower just shutting down half the board until they kill that guard tower, unless they can finally kill the model that's inside that tower. Yeah, I, the, the guard towers... Uh, so I guess we need to preference the guard tower talk with this. We were told at Adepticon the guard tower rules that we played with are not final. They were just for Adepticon, and they're all... Uh, possibly going to be, most likely going to be changed. Like, I don't see, I do see you don't want to guard, I would agree with you, Andy, that you don't want a guard tower completely within the zone. But I can see a guard tower being partially in the zone. Because the models are, the models in the tower are then measured by where their location is in relative to the zone. So that way you can't put a whole unit in the tower and they're automatically scoring the zone. If it, it's only half the towers in there, that means only half the unit can be in the zone. So therefore, they can they can contest that zone, but they cannot score their own zone. I, I think people more are more okay with it being a contesting piece than it is a scoring piece. Because like if it's scoring, you took your seven point six wound model, a six wound unit, you just turned them into armor twenty four against range or. And 40 boxes that you just take one unit and just elevate them to the point they essentially are in the zone and you just have to feed it stuff just to stop it. Or you can be degenerate and just put Iris in there. Oh, yeah. That was crazy. (laughs) That was absurd. Iris is now armor 20. She's a battle engine. Congratulations. So let's put something to rest because it was debated and it was put on the uh, Facebook page. Uh, Can they be charged? No. That was no. our team name. At least at the they could not be. No. Correct. At the moment, they cannot be because, yeah. yeah. They're um, not models. But 
Oh, oh go ahead, Erica. Oh, sorry. Um, and the other thing, too, that was interesting that we had brought up, too, was uh, so when the guard tower is destroyed, the, the piece is actually removed from the board. So that created an interesting scenario multiple times where it's like, okay, I am, um, you know, investing my heavy jack, a full activation, an activation and a half worth of models to kill this guard tower. Now that structure that was a line of sight blocker is no longer blocking line of sight for my opponent's army. So this, this tower gets removed and then there's my battle group that's just sitting there, you know, with no cover um, <laughs> that can get charged. Yeah. It's really committal to try to remove one of those. Yeah. So with what you're committing is now very exposed. So yeah, if things were going to change and you know, it can, you're going to have guard towers on the board do you, how do you think list changing is going to be? Because you're going to have to bring something that can take that out in one to two turns. So, so, so what well, I, I don't have anything is, for that. My so I would say in this that. situation, um, <laughs> so I think sprays now become um, very important um, because you believe because while you're in a guard tower, you have both cover and elevation. So ignoring cover is very important now in this situation. So now they're just getting the plus two defensive bonus for elevation. So having sprays that can reach out um, to touch those models while the inside now makes that job easier. So if something like Eris is still in there, sure, she has stealth, but you ignore it because of sprays. Um, and I think those are probably the main things. And then outside of that, a, a heavy that has high speed, speed six or higher from a buff, um, that can has currently that can just walk up to it um, and beat on the guard tower to remove it probably your best answer because while it has armor 20 plus carapace ruining it from range is almost impossible yeah you're not shooting but, down a card tower yeah clockatrices are really good by the way clockatrices are a great answer for stuff hiding in there because yeah. they're, they're fast enough to get into position and they can just line stuff up yep yeah and then orgoth i mean orgoth got a all, all the heavies if you're shooting guns they ignore the cover on the top floor they don't know the elevation however i think as far as list building, at least in my opinion, is this. If you are a person who are traveling to major conventions or you going to steamrollers on a regular event, I don't think you change adding a spray, that's a minor thing that you can do just in case. But I I don't think you should change a list on it. Because there is no guarantee one, there's gonna be one on your table. Nope. And two, that it's one in in a range that you can actually deal with. A lot of times, the thing is, is just try to mitigate its effects as much as possible. Like, I played several games where there was a guard tower in the middle of the board, and I'm like, okay, and I would position my stuff so it could go into the guard tower on the next turn, and what it would, the presence of it is actually more fearful than it actually is. So people would not come near the tower. Because they knew I could walk into it, and, and I had no plans ever of going to use the guard tower. I do like, not like that's my least favorite place for them. I do not want them right in the middle of the board. I don't think they belong there. I think they They're belong not. on the sides. I like them on the sides yeah, like because the you too. you've got to commit. If you have to commit to the tower, you're going to have to do some flanking to get to it and you're yeah. going to have to go over there. Well, my only contesting is and it's very list dependent. Um, but there are some lists if some if certain things get in them it becomes oppressive because of the additional like what is it plus 4 6 range. Plus four, gives, range, yeah. plus four range, it gives a model on top of whatever um, range and or spells are on the unit that's going in. Um, so certain units can ignore or see so much of the board now 
that they can just shoot whatever they want, so, where that can be oppressive. So, um, I like it. I like it committed to one side or the other. When I when I say side, I mean like somebody's side, um, because it gives you a good decision point for whether you're going first or you're taking that guard tower from your opponent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, just really quick too. Something else that we we talked a little bit um, amongst the other players who were playing these tables, these towers, is um, maybe if a rule like so, Gonzo, you asked the question earlier. How do you deal with it, right? So if I decide to occupy the tower. What is my opponent going to do to uh, to remove that feature? Um, a concept that we were discussing over at Adepticon was like, well, what if like if I uh, occupy the tower, now it's no longer a structure, but now it's considered a model at that point because I'm making the conscious decision to occupy that terrain feature. So if the guard tower becomes a model due to that decision, now it can be affected by things like armor debuffing spells or armor pierce or... Um, I mean, debuffs is the big thing, right? Because it's got so yep. many boxes and armor. And then me as a player, I'm making that conscious choice to put my little mans in that tower, which could make the tower vulnerable. Like, it makes it vulnerable at that point. Oh, and I agree. Yeah. From a design perspective, though, they're really trying to encourage people to get in the tower. I think that's another big push to say, we're just going to ignore this because I don't want to make myself more vulnerable in some other way. Yeah. So that's it's hard. I think one of the things that TOs also need to pay attention to is not just the placement of the guard tower, but the placement of the door. 100%. Yeah. Yes. I already screwed that up. I screwed that up against Nate already. Yeah, so there's nothing wrong with you as a TO. You can put it on one side of the board, but that doesn't mean you have to face the door to that side of the board. You can face the, the door away from that side of the board. That way they have to walk around the entire tower to get into the front door. That way... It leaves by that player on the other turn on the other side of the board at maybe one or two turns before because you don't want something able to run on turn one just to walk into the tower. That's crazy. Like turn the door around so they can't just easily get on there on turn one. Can you run and get into the tower, or yes. do you have to walk? Oh, you can yeah, run. You can yeah. run. Yeah, I, I, from a balance perspective, I think I, I, we, they should probably take that away. <laughs> well, yeah, like. I am a pure, I am a true advocate. Damon mentioned this on our show, is that the plus four range should change the snipe. And yeah, you should I really stack that. Yeah, I, I think it should be, in my opinion, models unit activating in the tower while in the tower gains gain snipe. So that means you walk into the tower, you don't immediately start shooting four inches further. You give your opponent a turn at least before you just start wrecking them at a, at a distance. Like, you have to activate in the tower. You get sniped. If you leave it, after that, you lose it, right? So that, I mean, it's a lot of different ways they can go with it. But I think the biggest thing to me about the tower is this. And I, as much as I harp on, or people may harp on how it's kind of crazy, it's kind of wonky, I think at the end of the day, it's a good thing for the game. 100%. It is interactive terrain that you could do something with, and that part of it, I, I encourage PP to keep trying. Keep doing more stuff like that. So we have terrain that you can actually do something with that makes sense, that's flavorful for the game. And yeah, it may end up at the end of the day, once the final rules are, it may end up slightly stronger or slightly broken, but that's fine. But those things are what makes, those what makes your greatest stories a war machine, right? Hey, because I don't see how you, even with walking, I don't know of a list 
that can have a heavy hit hard enough that can kill a guard tower one time. Yeah, I play Protector, and I can't even do that. I'm it just, takes it's not happening. two full activations. Yeah, yeah, like, even with Orgot, I can, I can only... It takes two heavies. And I would rather, if I'm the person that's trying to destroy the tower, in my opinion, what you do, you send your heavy up there, you swing at it one turn, and you wait. You destroy it on your next turn. You weaken it as much as you can, and you destroy it on your next turn, so that way... The rest of your army then can activate and protect your heavy if you need to. Oh, and um, just another heads up to most people. If you put your casters on opposite sides of towers, there's likely that one of those casters can 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 point himself on the other side of the tower and kill your cast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, let's go over something um, that was actually the... I, I'm, I'm going to say I played this and I had an absolute blast. And if you didn't play the narrative event, you missed out on some fun shenanigan For bullshit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. That was my favorite War Machine event all weekend was the narrative. Kudos to PP. They put on a fabulous show. So why don't you go and describe what, what actually was happening and uh, give a brief description because I know people saw pictures. Sure. So Andy and I had the opportunity to do the, the first ever one that they did on uh, Thursday. Um, so basically it was a five on five, uh, everybody brought a 50 point list. So cast your battle group, um, and, uh, unit infantry. So it was three tables, um, that were all that, that were all cohesive. So it wasn't like three separate ones. So it was basically the story was there were six guard towers on the defender side. And then there was train track that went through the whole, all three tables with a, um, with a train, a locomotive and, you know, parts of the train, there's three parts to it. Uh, it was really cool. The, um, the scenery they did, everything was painted, everything looked great. And the thing that made it really unique is Lauren kind of, she GM'd it basically. So while we were playing on this thing, if we wanted to interact with a terrain feature or a role play, we were allowed to do that. So some of the cool things, um, I think Akers, he played uh, Orgoth in the second iteration and they were using defenses. So he was like, hey, I'm going to pick up this powder keg. Can I basically helms deep one of my heavy jacks into a guard tower and blow it up? And she's like, yeah, you can do that. You'll lose your jack, but you'll one shot the guard tower. Uh, so you're <laughs> able to do cool stuff like that. The train, you could had guns on it. You could shoot it. You could drive it down the track. Um, our group acted like um, the, the train shot once and our team collectively was like never again. So our group pushed the train over. You didn't have to do that, but <laughs> yeah, we saw that train shoot once and we were like, that's unacceptable. Yeah. So, um, the, the storm Legion players pushed the train onto a bunch of man of war and crushed them on the other side. So, um, mm. a lot of fun stories, but like, and it felt very, so Andy and I played on the invader side. Rick was on the, the defender side and it was very like, it was an uphill battle. Um, each team got 20 minutes uh, together to to do all their activations, everyone simultaneously. Um, and then the pendulum just swing, swung the other way come turn four and five. And we were able to uh, pull it off uh, for the defenders. We may have sent Sevi downrange to try and run off the table. It was a lot like um, Willem Dafoe from Platoon, you know, where <laughs> like he, like that's what it was. Yeah. That's what the model looks like, right? Yeah, spoilers, he didn't make it. No, he didn't make it. But uh, uh, the child and... Um, Barnabas did so one for hordes <laughs> yeah I mean for the from a balance perspective it was really deceptive because it's 50 points versus 50 points 5v5 
So you'd think the defenders would have a really, really big advantage by just having to defend this giant tower as well as winning on attrition. But I feel like the uh, the attackers kept kept up uh, kept winning out for some reason. Yeah, because the actual way to win, if you were the invaders, you had to destroy four towers and get two casters in the in the opposite deployment zone. And mm-hmm. as the defenders, all you had to do was survive, you know, seven rounds and make sure none of those things happened. Yeah, so if you're playing defenders, if you're just at least going even, you should be winning, right? Yeah. Now, we got uh, on one of ours, two things that happened during ours was um, the water tower. Because um, in the water tower, you could push a button and it would drop, you know, a water effect and you could put a water effect where you want. But the guy asked... He goes, well, I have a ton of guys on fire around me because I guess the person that was across from him brought a list that put fire out. And and he goes, he asked Lauren, he goes, can I just hit the button and do like an area effect spray that hits everything in five inches and puts out fire effect? And she was like, yeah, sure. So ruin this guy's all his fire, continuous fire that was on his models. Um, Then we had a troll player that jumped on top of the train and leapt off of the train did like like it, like he was playing in Warcaster, jumped off of the drain, took damage when he hit, and then beat the crap out of Kish and killed her. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, uh, I I had a lot of fun. I, I think we want to take oh no, I think I, we do want to take some of the uh, you know things that uh, they did at the narrative. So we're we're doing the narrative campaign that's in the app at our store right now. We're like, oh, how cool would it be to like combine tables and then just do fifty points, like just have everybody play together? Because it was such a fun experience. And uh, there's even talks now. Shout out to Seth and uh, Steve of New Jersey SOBs. I think Portal might be on too. So instead, we do like regional steamrollers with each other. Uh, we're thinking since this first year is kind of like a weird year, and everyone's kind of like doing non-traditional steamrollers mm-hmm. uh instead of doing we're just going to do a narrative event for the day and invite people you know from all over the area and we're just going to play narrative games for the day so um go. yeah to, i'm really it sucks for missing uh the next one but yeah if you get the opportunity like gonzo was saying to sign up for one of these narrative events it's you'll have a blast it's so much fun uh it's good energy uh yeah and it's a great way to play war machine and the thing is is that you could make up stuff on the fly because lauren was making stuff up she was like yeah sure go right ahead you know we were just asking if we could do you know cool fun things that typically aren't in the rules like knocking over a terrain (laughs) knocking over the terrain a good good, um session of D, where it's if you have a decent dm that's willing to work with you you can do fun stuff just for the hell of it just just have a good time. I mean, that was I, – I, I had people that were playing there the first time, and they were just like, I'm just going to run up here and just beat the crap out of stuff. I don't care. I didn't get it. We had somebody that lost all their beasts because the train ran over them. Uh, and Lauren's like, oh, you can bring this one back and this one back and just put them in your deployment zone next turn. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, like that. I like that they did that. Um, so with our first iteration, I don't think they had introduced the respawning aspect yet. So like if your caster died, it was like, okay, you're on the bench. You really couldn't do much. So I'm glad that that was something that they introduced later in the weekend. That was yeah. good. Yeah, it was a blast. I will. Um, I think we're going to see more and more narrative events pop up, not only locally and not only at big conventions, but also locally because it just gets you to have a good time. And it's also a good way to learn the mechanics of the game too, Mm -hmm. because you're not pressured by, you know, competitive play and might have to worry about screwing up and getting wiped out turn one B or something. Yeah. It was my first experience having five people 
next to each other, all playing at the same time. That oh, was yeah. uh, that was a little chaotic, and it was very interesting. I really liked it. Um, Those are always. We're fun. definitely going to try that locally. Yep. There, uh, that's going to be happening. I think we're going to see a lot more narrative stuff, which is going to be fun. Highly. Um, let's get to something that we actually we're not going to talk about because we didn't know about it. But PP did a huge update today in the app. Uh, who wants to start off? Uh, we got battle engine city. <laughs> oh, let's let, let, hey, minority report you hop in. We just uh, <laughs> we just word vomited all over this narrative event. So, yeah, what are you guys excited so, for with the changes? Um, my uh, two point not as good as signal mechanic got uh, the pistol. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no one is good as Signar Mechanics. Don't blame no yourself. One. No one. I, somebody still has to play to me. Why I have to pay two points for one mechanic? They pay four points for three mechanics that are like armor 16 with five boxes. What? Why is that a thing? Oh, oh, 17. Armor <laughs> 17 with five That's boxes. right. Get those numbers right. On a mechanic. They've learned <laughs> their lesson. Points. Listen to Mark Wood. Getting knocked the hell out of in Mark Three. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. The, the mechanics when he put some armor on, I'm like, dang, he's got on metal armor. I, I can just see up. the recruitment. Come join Signar. You'll get killed a lot. And they're like, nope, we're giving you armor this year around. So yep. now you can survive. <laughs> I make it a point in every game that's not like super super close to charge them with choir just to show them who's boss. Oh. <laughs> My oh. Mad Four Power Six choir. Yeah, but his choir always hit. I don't care if they're Matt Four; they're gonna be rolling nines and tens to hit you all day. So hey, positive charge lets you cheat. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Um, there was a lot of updates. Went down two points, so I was happy with that. Yep. What uh, about two points? Uh, the Rulig Battle Engine. It's now fifteen, oh. not seventeen. Is that the toilet one? Yeah, the toilet one. <laughs> yeah, like a toilet yes. bowl. That, that, that is the, <laughs> the bigger dairy toilet bowl. Yes. I didn't know that's what people called it. Yeah. Shop. <laughs> yeah that, that's the big one. Dares is the medium one. Yes. That one can't boost, right? Correct. That one cannot boost. Yeah, so it shouldn't have been 17 points. That was that was no. a bit much. Oh, yeah. And then they, uh, the Inferno Tower went down to 11. I was talking to Damon today. He said he's still not going to take it. I'm, my, <laughs> hey, my shrine's 10 points. It ain't happening. It's not, hey, it's not making the board. Yeah, like they was like didn't think it doesn't the the inferno one doesn't generate his own souls anymore. So like, what are you gonna do with it? And now it's a big roadblock. Yeah. Does it still give you um the little uh, slipstream thing? Yeah, I think it does yes. it. Okay. But how that you get always, a soul? That was, to me, that was always the most useful part of it. But you got to get a soul on it to get it to do it. Yeah. And now that you can't kill your own stuff. How do you get a soul on it? Hey, the protector of player agrees. Only scorn yeah. is more sad. It's also true. Uh, so, group can we we got our death knell. It's back. It's, it's a battle engine. It's back, baby. Uh, so, um, uh, solo no more. Yes. Oh gosh, look, look. It comes from a place of love, man. Um, I'm so glad it's a battle engine. So we were we were you know, talking online. I put up a stupid video earlier today because i was just so excited um i'm, I'm glad because i think we're going to start seeing uh one the model be back in the army uh so it's still 10 points awesome awesome i think we'll start seeing warlocks like the child getting table play again um i think you know she was benched for the longest time because of the uh 
Hey, Samoa Cat. Um, w- without having the death knell in the uh, in the army. So I'm excited. It's good. Uh, still missing repo, but that that's okay. You know, we're like, it's a battle engine. I'm happy. Can score rectangular so, zones again. What I thought it's better than it's a solo. Because then you park it on the flag and it never moves. Okay. All right. So time out. Here's the flag thing. Okay. I, I, hear, I hear the argument. So... <laughs> Here, here's where I'm going. So one, like, oh, what if that flags by a house or a wall? Like, oopsie poopsie, I can't put my big base there. Um, the other thing is a lot of flags are up. It's a support backline piece. So whenever I play it, that thing don't leave, like, my deployment area until, like, churn four or five. Uh, so for it to just be on a flag where, oh, it's a solo. Okay, you can just slam it off the flag now. Um, it's only def 12. Um, slam guns are fun. Yeah, slam slam guns. Still slam. It might be half distance, but you can still That's, get off the flag pretty easily. Um, I mean, that, that is true. Like, with it not being a battle engine, yeah, it then starts getting affected by grievous wounds. It's now getting, it can be slammed. Grievous, stationary, slam. <laughs> like, all that yep. comes with the solo. And I don't know if they gave it the solo tag because they're like, oh, people need to play it at lower points because I think battle engines you can only take at 75 points. No one was taking that card at 50 points. Like, <laughs> I mean, I look at, at fifty points. There's a whole lot of stuff that never sees the table. Yeah, like the like in when you play a fifty point game, there is no support. If it can't work, it don't make yeah. it. Oh yeah, no, no. like if you start picking a support stuff at fifty points, you get tabled. <laughs> I still bring choir. Yeah, because um, they're required. They're three points. Well, yeah. also I know Andy's Andy's happy. Uh, Sevy can affect. Uh, Infernal, infernal casters now. Oh yeah, I'm still never feeding. It's not happening. He doesn't have a feed. <laughs> and Gravis got his typo fixed. I guess that's cool. Yeah, I mean yeah, there was a lot funny. of rat removal and typos. And stuff like <laughs> I was that. messaging him at work. I was like, dude, update your app. Like this, all the stuff's out. He's like, oh yeah, they fixed Gravis's typo. I was like, no, no, no. It's not about Gravis. It's not about him right now. Like <laughs> it's never about Gravis. Savvy is still the old man. I'm really surprised that they put him into Prime. Because Sammy's been dead for many years. And like they keep Yeah, he's been he's been dead since what, Godless? The yeah, novel? He... Yep. That was way before Infernals. Yeah, so I I'm just surprised he even made it over in the first place. I mean, I, I love him as a caster. I, I still think he's one of the more interesting mage style casters. He just they just neutered his, his control range, which made his feet just not worth ever casting. It's a shame. Yeah, they want you to get the old man up there. I mean, it was hard to keep him alive when he had a 14 inch control range, let alone. And 12 shield guards. I used to get 12 <laughs> shield guards. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, let me ask you guys a question. So, do you think that these changes were always in the pipeline, or do you think it was um, some of the dialogue and then seeing these pieces at play at Adepticon that kind of shifted that? I, I, I think these already in the pipeline. Already. Yeah, yeah private press. I mean, as much as I love the company, I love what they do. They don't move that fast. No. <laughs> yeah, these are mostly no red way. tape changes anyway. These well, I mean, like balancing stuff based on what they saw. And there was a lot of changes that were just let's remove rat status because the model doesn't have no need for rat. I mean, there was a ton of those. So there was these were already in the work, which I was really surprised. I mean, we're two days after two days after yeah, Adepticon. Yeah, so quick. That's why I was like, oh wow, okay. Yeah. It's, did they fix uh, Xerxes, Isaiah? Xerxes mm-hmm. is dead. So is so is your uh, Resnick too. 
Let, let's be honest. <laughs> like, they don't. They don't survive the board. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but at least did they at least give him a control range on his car? Because he didn't have one of those. Nope. My assumption is that if I don't have one, it's whatever I want it to be. So I mean, that is your feet, right? That's the feet. It's whatever yeah. you want it to be. Yeah. So for a turn, he's got a control range. Yeah. But yeah, Resnick losing. Uh, you can't shoot me if I'm camping. Uh, kind of makes him just a dead yeah. in the water. Yeah, yeah. I, I think he needed that change because the way his uh, feet works, where uh, you can't spread units out anymore, so it's just a flat power twelve to everything within two inches of that one dude. Guess what? <laughs> All of his friends are within two inches. So, I, I yep. like I see why. Like if you're gonna move him up to aggressively just delete armies casually without a lot of work, then you know maybe 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 he should get charged. You know. Yeah. Like, here's, here's the thing, though. I know you saying that, but Erica. Really I get it every worse. day, man. I get it like three nights a week here. But it used to be worse because it wasn't it a, it was like a three inch pie plate, right? Yep. Or was it four? No, it was three. Okay, because like even when I played Redneck Two and Mark Three, I still deleted every bit of single wound infantry. It, oh yeah. Like it just it going down to AOE two is a boom because they could have left it where it was like. You put your whole unit up there? Like, all right, I just delete them. No, he still does. It's not AOE 2. It's every model within two inches. Yeah, that's why. Oh, that's great. That's great. (laughs) It can be really good, but don't get shot. That's the whole thing. Yeah, that's that's. I'm like camping four on him every turn, and he still almost dies. Yeah. I also didn't know that the vault lost the ability to stop spells. I know, Uh, right? That felt like a really not that that was a not nice nerf. That was that was really useful for a lot of casters. Yeah, I mean he's gonna be. I mean he's always had a rough time. He can never hide. Everybody else put they casting behind the forest. You put Resnick behind the forest. They're like, okay. Yeah, just get charged by whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I got killed by a ghostly death jack one time. Yeah. And I'm like, that sounds about right. This is so stupid. I got nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, they also did update defenses so that all defenses can be destroyed by what the extra large and higher bases. I think is what they finally it's fix like, it. What 80, 80 and one twenties, right? Yeah. Yep, eighty and one twenty. So Which that, that was no, that was just missing out of there. So yeah, it was. So they can't be destroyed it. until May. Gotcha. <laughs> you got a sapper. Hey, you got a sapper in a pow- in a powder keg. Yeah. Do you think sappers become uh, required now? I don't. Not. Not yet. Uh, I mean, not, because uh, when, it, when defenses are widespread. I think it depends on how much you care, right? Right. Like, I can see in some armies, if you really want to stealth, you may want to bring one just to take away somebody has a bunch of fire pits. Or if you got if you got an army that can't charge over walls, like no Pathfinder, you need the Sabbath oh, card to you. That's you me. Really, yeah. and, and I think that's the cool part of all of this is we're still... This is a whole fresh new thing. There is no meta list or meta deck right now. Oh, no, no, no. And that's you got you've got to go to events and see, well crap, I should have brought Sapper or crap, I didn't bring Sapper. I brought Sapper and it didn't affect me because not everybody's playing with defenses or very few people are playing with it. It's going to be the the thing of everybody's starting to make lists and getting out. I mean, we've had a lot of, uh, on the just the, the general page, there's been a lot of people going, hey, we got an event coming up. We got an event coming up. People are starting to make more and more events. So it's going to be interesting to see when, you know, those you know those events, how they start shaping and what everybody starts bringing again. I mean, it, 
Ooh, when's it's the, when's the next uh, Legacy Army coming out? That should be coming out in like the next day or two, right? No. Is that Guardians? It might be Guardians. Might be. Because I think it's this, I think it's this you... month, because nothing's come out this month Hold yet, up. right? Hold on. Wait a minute. Uh, last thing was Wolds, right? Is, right? Are you telling me, Andy, you're excited about a Temple playing guard? Hi. I have a very large shelf. That has a lot of bottles on it, and hey, I would hey, like to play. Don't with disrespect the Temple Flame Guard. Look, they they were really really bad, Mark Three. That whole theme was terrible. I'm look, hoping maybe they fix it. Look, Who knows? I, in that regard, I I have FA of everything in Minnow. Everything. I think Blue I have thing. everything. I think I only have one unit of the uh, Flamebringers. Everything else, I'm full FA. Flamebringers, I have two. Some I actually have. Believe it or not, three units of deliverers fully painted. Deliverers, deliverers don't exist. That don't. That's not a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so hey, I, I, I missed their Mark One rule where they can expose themselves. So oh yeah, that was days. a blast. Yeah. You, but we, I'm on a middle train with you. But when you start talking about Tipper Flagar, until they prove that they can do better. I'm playing it when it comes out. It might be terrible, but I'm at least getting on the table a couple times. There we go. That's uh, look. Okay, fine. <laughs> if you want to put it on the table, you got to at least play with Tyra. Look, Tyra I want only... to play cleansers. Let me play cleansers. Oh my god, <laughs> those dudes were so. They're I thought awful. they were gonna be they great. Were awful. We're gonna find <laughs> out if they're awful soon. Um. So I guess kind of piggyback on what you were saying earlier, Gonzo, with all these events. So I've noticed that, too. And it's, it's really exciting to see a lot of uh, War Machine events, uh, you know, that people are, are putting on. Um, so thank you, community, for doing that. Shout out. Like, keep them coming, you know, to yep. get all aboard the hype train. Um, I'm really excited on that note, too, with community and advertising out events is a privateer press. Uh, rumor on the street is that the forums are coming back and I think that's going to be a feature on the forum is like a one-stop shop community event posting so we don't we no longer have to rely on you know uh, Facebook discord and all these other social media sites where we'll have an official one-stop shop place where all these 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 great things are going to be advertised at um, talking about community events um, tried and true where are you going to next Broker Brawl. <laughs> Going to the Broker Brawl in Jersey. Shout out Steve and uh, Seth. Third week in April. Buy your tickets. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's after that? Uh, we have Broker Brawl. Oh, Siege Invitational. Minority uh, Report. See, uh, and Donzo, yep. are you going to be there? I'm going to the Siege. Okay, I will be awesome. at the Siege. Siege Invitational. And then after that is, I think, Nova, right? Yeah, the Nova Open and uh, Delaware War Machine tried and true. We are running all the War Machine events there this year, and it's our first year doing so Oof, on a release year. So <laughs> <laughs> you got it. You know how to That's do right it. About here, you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're super excited. Like to kind of go back and talk about the narrative event. That's going to be our marquee event. So my brother. Um, has been working on these amazing 3D themed tables. We did a video. He's basically recreating Henchhold. He's doing the monuments right now. So he's got like Striker done. I, um, it looks it looks great. Like we can't wait to to share it with everybody and show awesome. you guys. Um, so the the narrative campaign day. We're doing like a narrative campaign. Um, all of our tables. Not not to plug our event, but uh, <laughs> no, go ahead and plug your event. You're supposed <laughs> to. Oh, keep plugging. 
I'm plugging. I'm plugging. I'm plugging hard. Um, so for a rows of tables, they're going to be themed after a different region in the Iron Kingdom. So like this row of tables will represent Kador. This row will represent Ios, etc. And all those tables are going to be themed. So you're going to feel like you're fighting in the frozen wastelands of Kador or the spooky swamps of somewhere in Signar. Um, for the narrative campaign, depending on how your side does in the region will determine what happens in the greater war over the course of the day. Uh, so I'm excited to say that Wintercore and Orgoth will be our first Mark IV army versus Mark IV army that's going to be hitting the channel in the next couple of uh, months. We're hoping by June at the latest. Um, we're actually going to showcase one of our custom homebrew scenarios that we will be hosting at Nova. Um, so that way we can kind of share and you guys can see what uh, my brother and I have been working on. Um, so yeah, we're, we're super excited. We're struggling a little bit on selling tickets uh, and events. So uh, War Machine Community, I know we kind of wait until last minute to, to pick up tickets. Um, Timeline wise, we may start to lose table space if we're not able to sell events. So if you're on the fence about, oh, I don't know if I want to come to Nova, um, uh, we encourage you to get your tickets uh, early because we're sharing the same space as Lord of the Rings and AOS, and those are uh, kind of bigger in this area right now. Um, so we and we want to come back next year. So we're just hoping for a. We know it's going to be down. Attendance is going to be down, but we're really hoping to make this a successful, fun event for for the community. We have a great spread. We have a great spread of stuff. Um, we got the casual steamroller. We got King of Coin Finals narrative, and of course the IG qualifiers and team events. So. Come hang out with us. As, <laughs> We'd love as, to see you. As a TO and running things and doing things, it is very, very important for people to sign up because there are some people that didn't sign up for the events at uh, Adepticon and they cut their table space down. And there are other people like, oh, I was going to do that today. No, you do it as soon as possible. For me, it doesn't run if they only have 10 people signed up, but they book 20 tables. They're going to cut it down to 10 tables and... Yep. If more people show up, you're SOL. So sign up and show your support um, for these people because uh, it depends on whether they get to come back or not. Zeke, what are you doing? Uh, what's your next event you're going to be going to? Uh, well, planning Broker Brawl. Um, my group is actually talking about Rocky Top. So, oh, yeah. we're gonna see what, so we're going to see what we can do about that. Um, I was talk. I was able to talk some of my uh, old... Um, indie storm guys into possibly hosting something in uh, indie during April as well. So a lot of us may make some trips. Um, then here in Illinois, depending on where at. Uh, obviously Siege, Gen Con, and yeah, there's there's a lot planned. So lots of traveling in the next for the rest of this year. <laughs> so I'm all over the place. Terrence, I'm what about you? In California, late August. So uh, similar to everybody else, I'll be at Broker Brawl next. Uh, like uh, Erica said, shout out to Seth and Art and Steve and all those guys up there. I'll see them soon. And then in May, uh, one of our other hosts of the Minority Report, Damon, is running the event at the Rocky Top. Um, the in uh, that's in Knoxville, Tennessee. Um, that event is going to be amazing. Uh, like I said, Damon's going to be running it. So uh, for all of you all to know how Damon set up tables, so. It's going to be something for the books. <laughs> so, always. I, he has been, ever since December, Damon has started working on building terrain for both Rocky Top and for Siege Invitational. So, 
you are going to be, I'm sure you're going to be amazed. So, and then at the Rocky Top, in, uh, that's in May, then um, we have uh, the Siege Invitational in June. So make sure y'all come out. Oh, oh uh, July, t- July 22nd. July yeah, 22nd. July, July, July 22nd. <laughs> then, uh, so tickets will be up soon. Uh, Damon's going to be running at it. Damon TOs the event. I host the event. So if you get ready, I don't know if about any of y'all, right? If you don't like barbecue, you don't like hanging out with people, you don't <laughs> like having fun, then you don't want to come. But if you like any of those events, if you like any of those things, come on. Because we have plenty of food, uh, plenty of fun. Uh, you get to meet some, uh, some of those uh, pseudo-famous podcasters, right? You can meet Isaiah face-to-face. <laughs> you get to see... You That's a horrible people. idea. It's a horrible <laughs> idea. How's it feel to be an A-lister, Isaiah? Oh, God, you're no. First oh, name, you're oh, an A-lister dirty. right there. <laughs> you, you know Gonzo's there when you see the red carpet rolled out to the front door? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and, no, you'll, you'll notice Gonzo because the funky shoes will come through. <laughs> I cleared uh, a, a spot in my backyard so Andy can land his helicopter. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you get to meet some people, hang out. Um, uh, even we're working on a, we are working on a narrative thing for uh, uh, for Siege Invitational as well. Uh, so, and we're going to work on, you're going to see some some pretty interesting stuff for us starting next month. Uh, we got some fun commercials coming out and uh, some other stuff. So it's going to, and uh, a lot of them. If they were made by Terrence, be warned. Just just be hey, warned ahead of time. I'm down to clown. I'm ready. I want to say The, the commercial is going to be cool. I mean, you're not the butt of the joke this time, Isaiah. So you should be happy about it. <laughs> but we are going to get, I am going to have a bib and pamper ready for you so you can model your sippy cup. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Disrespect the sippy cup. <laughs> but yeah. And then I'm not sure what else. I know I can't make it to Nova. I have a wedding. I I would, would have definitely went to Nova if I didn't have a cousin getting married. That's but, okay. I'll tell them to move it next time. There you go. <laughs> yeah. How about uh, how about you, Gonzo? What are your next couple stops? Uh, I will be making it to the Rocky Top. I've already got that planned uh, and booked that out. Uh, definitely will be at Siege, uh, which I can't wait for because it's my first time going to Siege. And uh, I've been told that the barbecue is legit. And if it's not, the Southern boy is going to have a little bit of talk with uh, the cook because it better be perfect. So if nothing, if Terrence is not good at nothing else, I will at least give him the props that he can at least do some barbecue. Good. <laughs> I can burn some meat. Right. Now that I can yeah, do. Absolutely. <laughs> now that, now I may not, I may not be going able to go three and zero, oh, but I can go. I can't. I can any if it's meat or a vegetable and it can fit on my grill. I can smoke it. <laughs> if you feed me ribs, I will love you forever. So, this is one. I've been debating on what not to do. What what the the third meet would be this year. And I was going to do ribs. I couldn't do ribs. But here's the problem. The last time I did ribs, people did not want to leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I had one of my best friends, every time he comes to visit me, his requirement is that I make him ribs. Not just ribs. He wants his own rack of ribs. <laughs> he will not share with anybody. Like, he will take it. Soon as the first rack comes out the grill, he lets me finish it. He wraps it up, 
and he hides it and stashes it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I I, I can see what I can do. Now, but, so now I now now it's like almost required, right? So it does a lot of rack of ribs. Okay, Andy, I'll tell you what. What day you gonna get here for the siege invitation? Yeah, when's the barbecue? It's Friday night, right? Yep. You gonna fly on Friday afternoon? Yeah, I'll fly on Friday. Friday afternoon. He and Rick. Friday afternoon. Well, dang, this late. I need you yeah, here I Friday mean, like, morning. Like, 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 there might not be any food left. Like, yeah. yeah. like oh, I need. Yeah. If I gotta come cook, down, right? need to be there on Thursday. We can get him out yeah. on Thursday. Okay. That way he can All come right. to the house and All help right. me. We can see about flying on Thursday night. We'll see. <laughs> okay. That way he can come to the house and help me sling all those racks of ribs. Because <laughs> if I do ribs, we talking like twenty racks of ribs. I gotta cook all of them. It's be like uh, it's gonna be like Noah's Ark at your house, just like all the animals. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the last thing, of course, uh, since we're y'all, everybody's doing narrative events. Um, of course, Warfare Weekend will be doing the ending of the the Black Tide stuff. Uh, but there's also, and we're gonna spoil it here. Uh, there's gonna be a hundred and fifty point uh, narrative event two caster list going to come up at uh, Warfare Weekend, which is gonna be a new thing. Um, it is not finished, and we can't spoil too much of it. But it's gonna be. 150 point list with two casters in the list. Um, so we'll be showcasing that once we have it all finalized. We can give full details. So it'll be another narrative event, which I think is great. We've got like a crap ton of good narrative events coming so, out for everybody. So what you're telling me is, Gonzo, I can build a list with two adjudicators and hire a claimer and any other caster in this watch, please evaporate off the wood. I like the adjudicator. <laughs> we will have the full rules as soon as we can uh but this is going to be a uh new type of narrative event that hasn't been done before so it'll be kind of interesting what hey can i bring four adjudicators i'm not even trying to be greedy give me one judy give me one judy back all right, guys. Well, I appreciate all of y'all. Y'all were amazing people. It was really good to hang out and everything. Um, I can't wait till we all get together again. Looks like uh, most of us are going to be at the Siege Invitational. So that'll be another kind of reunion. Maybe we can do this again for the Siege. Yeah, there we go. Sounds for good. more than dice, I'm Gonzo. For Minority Point, this is Terrence. Trying to Delaware War Machine. This is Erica and... And Andy. And this is Zeke from Minority Report. And here goes that outro music. Everybody dance. Thanks for having us. <laughs> <laughs>